What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom show, Tyler and I will discuss the latest TSK Show NFL power rankings, as well as our biggest surprises and letdowns from week five. Then we'll preview week six in the NFL with our picks of the week, and we'll talk some NBA since Ben Simmons finally showed up in Philadelphia and Kyrie Irving won't be with the Nets for the foreseeable future. All this and more on episode 215 of the Sports Kingdom show coming up right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 215 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Coming off a of bowling night, coming off of yes. fantasy football, just just lots of wins racking up. You got lots of wins racking up in bowling and fantasy football. I got a win racked up with the Dodgers last night at the game because I made probably the best impulse decision purchase uh, I've ever made. So uh, After Sunday, I needed... Or after Thursday, I needed some wins. <laughs> yeah, you were not happy Thursday night, I bet, after the, the Rams beat down on the Seahawks on Thursday night football. It was literally injury to add injury to insult, you know. Yeah. It was pretty tough. But you won in bowling by one last <laughs> night, I heard. One pin after after three games, um, what, like almost a 1,000 pins came down to one. Jeez. Hey, bowling, man, it's a competitive sport. It really is, and you guys are taking it very seriously, and I love it. It's a game of inches. <laughs> hey, it really is when it comes down to those pins. It's not a game to these people. No. and We, and, we thought it was, but it's not. <laughs> you guys are learning very quickly right. that it's a very serious uh, thing to be in a bowling league. Uh, hey, Team 9 brings the fucking fire. We bring the show. <laughs> Team nine, no team name yet, just team nine. They don't have any names on any of these teams. They're all just numbers. This is terrible. We need to fix that. Yeah. We need to spice no. up the league. Yeah, no, they're they're not they're not not a lot of flash. We're still the pirates at heart. At yeah. heart, team nine, baby. But yeah, I was I was at the Dodger game. Uh, they they were able to force a game five in the National League Division Series against the hated one, the Giants. Uh, I bought. A ticket at about 3.30 in the afternoon when first pitch was at 6.07. And uh, two of my buddies, Alan and Rafi, uh, Rafi, who's actually a Giants fan, they bought tickets the night before right after the Giants had won in game three. Or, yeah, the the night before in game three. And 
basically I was less like, I can't buy the tickets right now. They're too expensive. I'm going to just wait and see. I didn't even really have thoughts in the morning about going to the game. It's just at work. I was like, I should really just go to this game. Like I, I can't pass up this opportunity to see the the Giants and the Dodgers in the playoffs for the first time ever. Like since the teams had moved to the West Coast, they moved to the West Coast in like 1958. Like it had never happened before that they've they've played in the playoffs, and I, I just couldn't pass up that opportunity. And because the Dodgers were facing elimination, the the tickets I think were a little bit cheaper because. I think people don't really no want to see their team nah. get eliminated, especially on their home field yeah. to their rival. And I was able to score some tickets in the same section as my friends, uh, just a few rows up. But I ended up being able to sit with my friends. No one said anything about uh, what, uh, what's your seat number or anything like that. So it ended up working out. We were the second row in the right field pavilion, right in the outfield, right next to the Giants bullpen. Rafi did get another ball from the Giants bullpen again. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, my buddy Alan got another ball from the Giants bullpen, and he actually ended up giving it to me. And lo and behold, the ball isn't even a, a Giants or a Dodgers ball. It has an emblem on or a logo on the ball that has the Minnesota Twins 60th anniversary like <laughs> logo on it. So I'm assuming they just got it in the mix. Well, yeah, I'm assuming the Giants just took it from a game when they were yeah. in Minnesota this season and they just use it to warm up in the bullpen kind of thing. It's just like an extra ball. Like it would never go into a game yeah, kind of thing. It's weird. But so yeah, it's kind of like a rare yeah. like no, thing. So so now I have that ball. So that's kind of cool. You got a Minnesota Twins ball. At a Los Angeles Dodgers San Francisco Giants game. Pretty good. Yeah. Um I gotta sit next to the Seahawks then when they're in LA. Yeah, you have so, to. It sounds like that's the that's the formula to get stuff. Yeah. Be the enemy in enemy territory or in Well, in, be yeah, be a fan be with a fan of the enemy. Yeah. And, in hostile territory. Yeah. And it'll work out cuz they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, thanks for supporting us." kind of thing. Tell you what, those those kind of purchases I'm all about. I feel like you're going to you'll hold on to those memories so much longer than 100 bucks. So, listen to this. You know. First pitch was at 607. The radio show I work on goes off the air at 6 p.m. So I was already knowing I'm showing up to this game late. Uh, my my producer, Ray, shout out to my producer, Ray. He drove me to Dodger Stadium on his way home because he has to pass Dodger Stadium on his way home from work. Oh, and he that just worked out. Yeah, he dropped me off at the bottom of the hill. I ran up the hill as fast as I could, and I got in. To the game at the bottom of the second inning. I thought I was maybe like going to get there like the fourth inning because of traffic and stuff, but we lucked out somehow. And I got in there by the bottom of the second inning, right after the Dodgers had scored their second run. I got to see Mookie Betts hit a postseason home run for the Dodgers. He hit a two run bomb to make it a four nothing game. Will Smith hit a two run home run to make it a seven to two game at that point. I mean, we were in the right field pavilion with the people. Like it was, it was great. We, we were having a great time. Um, I had a tweet go viral, Tyler. Yeah, it made uh, a San Francisco newspaper because uh, they wrote an article about a fan running on the field, and I had taken a video, uh, which you can check out on my Twitter at the Duke of Sports, uh, of this guy getting tackled by a grip of security. There was like five or six of them that hopped on him at one point, uh, and it was just like an older Hispanic dude. And I don't even think he meant to be on the field. I think he honestly fell over the railing. And just kind of ended up on the field and security like had their backs turned. And then all of a sudden they turn around and see somebody on the field and they just converged on him. Like this guy had to be in like his sixties 
So it was uh, it was pretty interesting, and like security was definitely like rubbing his face in the dirt and stuff while he was on the ground, and he they were dogpiling on him because when he got up, his face was all bloody and everything. Like, Damn, he's probably feeling it today. <laughs> oh yeah, he got escorted out there uh, with cuffs, everything. Like they took yeah. him out through center field, everything. It was it was pretty crazy. Seems like kind of a cool experience though. No, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, carried through center field like. Oh, hey, I mean, man. it was, Maybe it was I awesome to fall- experience for me. I don't know about him. <laughs> Maybe I need to fall over a railing. That might be worth it. I don't know, Tyler. He he got roughed up pretty bad. Yeah, I save up for bail money before I go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but it was it was just uh it was really cool being at like an intense like playoff game. Like the Dodgers were facing elimination. Like yeah. they had Walker Bueller going on short rest. Like it was it was an intense atmosphere, especially going out going up against your rival. Also, I got to see. Uh, the guys from the Benches Cleared podcast, uh, Tyler and Jesse, they're uh, a Dodger Giants podcast that I've been on before, and they were at the game as well, so I got to run in, uh, run into them and catch up with them for uh, a half an inning or so. So that was good to see them. Um, but, yeah, just just an overall fun night. No, pro pro playoffs, pro sports playoffs. doesn't matter who's playing. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, there There was a little incident at the end of the night, but I'll just say cooler heads prevailed. Uh, and, and as I'll they just, do, I'll just leave it at that as they do. Um, but all right, Tyler, you said you had some wins in fantasy football this week. Did you go two and oh? Um, I did. Okay. Well, I went oh and three, so we are in complete yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum this week. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good week this week. Um, I didn't, I played against someone that struggled. So I had a pretty good, I had a pretty good spread on the lead. I didn't have like one of my best games or anything like that, but, uh, it was pretty solid. I'm trying to think. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a big game. That was, uh, and then the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have Fournette and Mike Evans, and they both found Pater with on Tom Brady's historic performance. And I mean, his Jonathan Taylor's first touchdown gave you what, like 12, 14 points on one play. Yeah, it was a huge. Uh, it was a huge uh, screen pass. Or, he went or, for like, or, or just like a quick pass. And he the, just went for seventy four yards, and he just took it to the house. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of, there was, there was another big, I, I tried to get cute again with team defenses and, and, you know, assigned a third and I picked the Falcons defense cause they're going over to Europe. Yes. Yeah. We did forget about the London and, game last week. Sorry playing, about that. And they were playing the New York jets who had the worst offense. I had no idea how bad their offense was when, when I was watching that game, the, the, the stats that they were showing up. I think it was like zero, like zero passing yards in the first quarter, Ugh. the season. Like it was like it was incredibly bad. They, it they was haven't horrible. been able to record a passing yard in the first quarter of the entire season. Not until that point. I, I, they may they may have gotten one, but Oy it was atrocious. And and so I got cute, tried to start the Falcons defense. I had the Rams. I didn't want to start them against the Seahawks, and I had the Bills. I didn't want to start them against Kansas City. And both of those defenses went off. So <laughs> I kind of shot myself in the foot trying to get cute. Yeah, um, but you ended up winning, so it but, doesn't matter. But I ended up getting the dub. Yeah. So, I mean, I went 0-3 uh, this week in all three of my leagues. Uh, I lost to Jordan Carlson in the TSK Show League, which means I am still winless. I am 0-5. I just lost Juju Smith-Schuster for the season. My season is in complete shambles, Tyler. I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, well, I don't get you got Julio coming back, right? So uh, hopefully he's yeah. missed two weeks in a row. Yep. 
Uh, I mean, Damian Williams, uh, yeah, Damian Williams ended up working out for me uh, because um, Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery went out. Hey, the the key to our league though, there's so many different ways to win money. You know, is just kind of stay in those weekly pots, keep keep grinding, and then if you, as long as you don't get one of the bottom two seeds, you got to fight for first pick next year. Yeah, that's that's the key. But right now, I'm in the bottom two seed. And and uh, I think it was year two. I started zero and five, and then won, and then won seven out of eight. I was gonna say I think you won like seven in a row or something like I that. Won seven out of eight, and I ended up seven six getting in the playoffs. We'll see. Fingers crossed. It's uh, it's bye weeks now. You got a shot. Everybody's got a shot. Exactly. Now now things strategies uh, start to change a little bit. So we'll see. I did make two trades in uh, the League of Fools, one of my other leagues. I traded Keenan Allen for Joe Mixon and Kyle Pitts, and then I traded Chubba Hubbard for Samaji Pirine to kind of handcuff uh, Pirine and Mixon. Uh, both trades were with the same guy, actually. Shout out my guy Barry. Uh, he's also one and four in that league. So uh, one big trade, really. Yeah, re- realistically. Um, Pretty good trade, honestly, for you. I think you. I think you came out on top. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of sucks that I, I have to wait to use Kyle Pitts uh for a week just because he's on by this week coming back from london but i mean it is what it is i have jared cook as my other tight end yeah, right you now didn't have, you didn't have him last week either exactly so i mean the uh barry who's who i did the trade with he's one and four as well so i mean we just thought we'd shake things up a bit and uh see what happens I think that's the right move when when you're uh when you start slow you got to mix it up yeah so, all right, we got a lot to talk about tonight, uh, both in the NFL and the NBA, as the NBA regular season is coming up next week already. Uh, so, but uh, before we do that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent, contact Jacob Diamond at 818 451 8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. The hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. Alright, Tyler, it's time for the next edition of the TSK Show NFL Power Rankings. The best edition. The best edition, yeah. Uh, like, like I'm always. Tr- I was kind of telling you before. Uh, it's, it's, it always is tough to put together a top ten. A lot of these teams aren't separated by much. I went out it a different way. Yeah, you were, you were giving me a peek behind the curtain and showing me your notes a little bit. And it damn near built itself. I wrote down all 32 teams, and I just put a one, two, or three next to it. Three, I thought were contenders. One, I thought was out, and I didn't label two. Basically, just so, like a tier so, system. Yeah, so two something in the middle of you're out and you're in. Um, okay, okay. And uh, and at the end of the list, I had I had nine number threes. So wow, damn near made my top ten. And of and course, I, it always comes down to number ten. And for it you. always does. I don't know what it is. I mean, 
something something in my head that that 10 spot is i wonder if we made a top 11 if i just struggle with 11 i'm sure you would you know or if we made a top nine if it would just be easy it wouldn't uh it, <laughs> um so thank you for answering that so so i i threw one two in there uh the best out of the group but enough with that i'm gonna start off with 10 this 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 week's 10 is almost like a ceremonial 10 they're lucky to be in the 10 interesting it's the kansas city chiefs wow okay i gotta put them in the top 10 i have to you have to put them in the top 10 i mean do you though i had to put them at number 10 because i believe that i i honestly think they're better than eight or nine of these teams above them but their record doesn't show it so i'm gonna i'm gonna give them the respect of giving them 10 but i'm gonna give them the disrespect of number 10 but i think you're also giving them the respect of that strength of schedule and so that was that was another thing that kind of jumped off the page when i was doing this week's research um they've played uh, their five games this year have been against four four of these t- uh top eight teams so literally half of the top eight teams of who they played. Um, so, you know, two and three is not what we expect from Kansas City. You expect them to walk away four and one or five and oh from playoff teams, but they haven't. There's been a, uh, I think there has been a breakthrough and and I don't think they're as unbeatable as they were a year ago or or, or even five weeks ago. I, I think that they're, they've been humanized. People think that they can beat them and there is a little bit of strategy uh, people, you know, it's it's pretty popular now. If you watch their games, they talk about the two deep safeties, rushing for, uh, making Patrick Mahomes dink and dunk, making him be patient, making him run the ball, uh, and then and then you know putting pressure on their defense that way because uh, it kind of slows the game down and their defense hasn't played well. So uh, they're they're beatable right now. I still think that they've got the firepower. They got the the best player in the NFL. So I'm going to give them number ten. But okay. a ceremonial, like an honorable mention, damn near, uh, because they are who they are. But uh, we'll we'll see if they can. Uh, they we'll, their their schedule gets a lot easier moving forward. So we'll see if they can rack up a win. I see Kansas City getting in a four or five game win streak, and and then all of a sudden we're laughing about the two three start. Yeah. Um, coming in at number nine, this was the number the best number two that I had. Uh, that's the Dallas Cowboys four and one. An impressive slate of games. Uh, let me let me let me look here. Uh, their only loss is to Tampa Bay, the no, the number one team in the league. So yeah, they won four in a row. I don't like the Cowboys. I always try to find a way to not kind of rank them high. I think that they're always a team that looks really good on paper and just disappoints. But uh, Zeke's Zeke's running the ball well. Dak's playing really really well, uh, which is hard for me to say. They've got a stacked uh, they've got a stacked wide receiver core and Dan Quinn, the the old Seahawks. Uh, coach is uh, coaching their defense now, and their defense is playing great. I mean, they're they're playing so well; they felt comfortable releasing Jalen Smith, Parsons, Pearson, Parsons, Parsons. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> Parsons is playing great, that, and then uh, they've got Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon yeah. Diggs, right now, who looks flossy in the number seven jersey. I gotta say, I love more it. interceptions than games played. I love the I love the single digit jerseys. I'm not gonna get off that quite yet, but yeah, he he's he's dominating. I mean, it, he he's he's playing unreal. To to get that amount of picks in a season is good. So to be that far ahead, five games in is is insane. He's definitely defensive player of the year if it ended today. Um, and shout out Kellen Moore, uh, Washington, <laughs> Washington hometown. Uh, 
hometown hero, uh, and he's the offensive coordinator for Dallas. So some Seattle, some Seattle connections over there in Dallas on the offense and defensive coordinator. So maybe side. your heart's warming up to them a bit. Maybe it's warming up to them a bit. I'm selling myself on the Cowboys here. Uh, coming in at number eight, one of my favorite teams in the league. This is this is. Um, I think this is the lowest I've rated them this year, but their record kind of deserves it. Uh, Cleveland Browns, three and two, coming off of uh, coming off of just a gunslinger of a match. I hope I hope it's kind of a preview into the AFC playoffs with the Chargers. Um, I love how the AFC is kind of shaken out with Kansas City down. All these teams like Buffalo and LA and Baltimore and Cleveland, like they can do it now. You know, I think that they've got confidence and. And Canaan City's shook, so um, I've got I got I'm gonna even though they're coming off of a loss, they've got two losses to top tier teams. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick uh, still stick them in the top eight. You, you know how I feel about Baker. I'm gonna talk about the defense, Miles Garrett. <laughs> uh, they 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 have they played against the Chargers and gave up like 40 plus points. This defense can definitely play better, and I think that moving forward, the defense is gonna be like what really you know they kind of hang their hat on with, with because of the offense and how they're running it now with the run game, less passing, less, less aggression on offense. I think it's time for this defense to step up because they got the personnel. They've got studs all over that defense. So um, that's kind of what I'm waiting to look for these next couple of games with the Cleveland's defense coming at number seven. I got the Baltimore Ravens at four and one who, who I kind of wanted to put higher. The, the, the Ravens are, they're tricky, man. They're crazy right now. I mean, we we keep referencing their first two weeks, or the first week was like a walk off touchdown against the Raiders. So they're 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 one pass play away from being five and zero. Yeah, um, they they really are that close, and they should have took an L on Monday night. I mean, I can't believe that the Colts blew that. Lamar and Hollywood have seemed to really find that connection that everybody's been waiting for. Um, they're kind of like the the Diet Vic D Jack. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay. I'll say that re with respect, though. No, for sure, for sure. Vic, Vic and D-Jack are way up there for me. So, uh, But as far as just being electric, the quarterback can run it. He can throw it. The wide receiver is is not a traditional outside wide receiver, but he makes it happen purely off of just playmaking and blistering speed. So I, the Ravens are just a fun team to watch. I didn't necessarily know if they were going to be a heavy hitter this year, especially when all the running backs went down. But, damn, Lamar's doing it again. He's, yeah. he's throwing up numbers similar to his MVP here. So uh, coming in at number six, I got Green Bay. Uh, four four in a row coming off that week one embarrassment. I think, you know, that week one was almost like a throwaway game. I mean, it was a joke. It had, it had the world in a frenzy. But we see who the who the Packers really are. And I think really um, that, that first game also shows in the last four games that the Packers are really playing against themselves. They're going to beat themselves. They could beat anybody in the league. They almost beat themselves against this, the Bengals. I could argue that Rodgers is even better than Mahomes. I've said it, you know, in years past, but, you know, they, they damn near got the best player in football. Rodgers is, is unbelievable, playing unbelievable. Devontae Adams went dummy. What do you have, 200 yards receiving? 209. 209 yards receiving. I mean, 209. Shout out Stockton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so Green Bay, I mean, we we you know we know we know what they're all about, right? We're just kind of watching the Aaron Rodgers show. I'm going to put them in the top ten every week where where they may lie, but this team really is just going to beat the the only people that are going to beat them is is themselves. If they execute and do what they want, they're going to win. Um, coming into the top five, we got a couple L.A. teams. 
I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the Chargers. Okay, uh, I like uh, that. I'm gonna start with the Chargers. They're 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 kind of like I feel like America's team right now. I I'm feel gonna, like America has kind of like gotten behind the Chargers because they're 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 just an exciting group of guys that it seems like it's finally all clicking. Tyler's looking at me right now. He sees my hand is up. <laughs> I will say right now, it is very hard for me to not root for the Chargers when I'm watching them. The, that's what I'm saying. They, they are so exciting. Herbert has been electric. Brandon Staley, in all of the media quotes I've seen and all the videos and press conferences I've seen, he's saying all the right things. He's, like, conducting himself how a head coach should conduct himself. No, like, it's, it's, it's great. It's great, man. I mean, we got Derwin James. You know, thank God we get to watch this guy play football again and at a high level. Yeah. We got Austin Eckler. Thank God he gets to play football at a high level again. We didn't know what he was going to be when Melvin Gordon was going through his holdout, and Austin Eckler was supposed to fill the shoes, and he's turned out to be incredible. And then when then when he was given the shoes, he got hurt. Yep. So you know, it's it just they're I feel like they're an easy team to watch because it hasn't been an easy road. It's like you kind of saw this team forming, and it just didn't happen, and 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 now it's starting to happen. And the other thing I think that everybody like why they're likable is they don't have a home they don't have a ho- they don't have a they don't have a home team they play they're playing away games constantly i mean well, even their home games are away i mean the raiders yeah there's so the many, cowboys i mean there's so many nfl teams that will travel to la better than the chargers well and okay so tom telesco their gm was on pat McAfee's show earlier this week and pat literally said to tom telesco's face like that game against the browns if that game was last year, you guys probably would have lost that game. And it's like, yeah, it's the the progression that you you were talking yeah. about to where it's like we kind of have seen them come yeah. on this like the Bosa's, the Melvin Ingrams, right. they who's were gone, the they Keenan were on the Allen's. cusp of yeah. of so much, and then one injury or one play where yeah. it just turned the season around, yeah. kind of thing, and they just didn't have that. I, I, I guess culture really that Brandon Staley has brought it, this year. You know, it, it just, yeah, it, there was just something, and Staley might be it. You know, I think there it's a mix between health and Staley, but yeah. but something brought it all. And Herbert, I mean, Herbert, obviously they hit the jackpot oh, with yeah. a franchise quarterback. So, it, it I mean, it is kind of, it's been a fun ride to watch the Chargers this year. I'm rooting for him. Like, I, I do, I like him. I mean, the, and I do want to give a uh, one shout out this little this this guy on their their team Parnum. Oh yeah, the tight six, end. 68 looks like a freak. Man, they're starting to figure him out. And if they can if they can figure that guy out to have a 65 Mike Williams and a 62 prototype Pro Bowl Keenan Allen. I mean that is and, and then we got pound for aka pound for pound the yep. pound for pound strongest dude in the league he says although I I probably go with Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh, uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, that is just red zone. What do you, what do you do? Who, who do you got? Who do you guard? I mean, so they, I don't even know if we've seen the best. That's kind of. I guess that's probably the most exciting part of it all. Is is we we see this. Ascension. I definitely see them climbing the TSK Show Power Rankings yeah. as the season yeah. goes on. And they're number five, so there ain't there there ain't there ain't that much uh, room to grow. But I, I'm with you. I think we're gonna see it. Uh, and then number four, L- the other LA team, the Rams. So two top five teams in, in, in the NFL right now are in Los Angeles. We love it, which is crazy. Um, the Rams only losses to an undefeated 
Arizona Cardinals team. Yep. Um, which is a divisional game on top of that. So there's a little something extra. They just beat uh beat my Seahawks um in Seattle on a Thursday night game. Hostile environment. Hostile environment. Yep, fans are back. Yeah. Um, we were we were playing playing in the elements like like we want to, so I mean the the Rams have, and the, and then they have the 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 I don't know the the big the big win of the year Tampa Bay oh yeah so so they've got a lot of confidence uh, rolling they're, the signature they're, win they're, they're playing tough in division I mean the ga- you know the games against Car- the Cardinals and Seahawks that's that's a good way to come out of those even though you took one L it's. It's a tough division. And it's, I mean, I and, think realistically the Rams were coming out with at least one L between those two teams. Yeah, and I, and, and I think like real, if you're being realistic, every five games, if you go four and one, that it's you're an elite football team. So, yeah. Um, I, I look at the whole uh, more so, but yeah, we cover the Rams a lot. You know what the you know what the deal is. Sta- Stafford Stafford um, is going to continue to ch- just light people up. I love watching Stafford in this offense. It makes me really happy. Just uh, all the struggle that guy's gone through. Uh, I'm stoked that, he, that, you know, he's got me rooting for the Rams. And then um, uh, a- AD and Jalen Ramsey just continue to impress and make make a bunch of guys that we really don't know into a formidable defensive unit. I mean, we know them, but for the masses, there's not a hu- bunch of huge names on that defense. They really are just anchored by two superstars. And then coming in at number three, I got the other NFC West uh, heavy hitter, and that's the Arizona Cardinals at 5-0. and The only reason I can't put Arizona at, at one or two is because, you know, their record shows that they're the, you know, only undefeated team in football, but they're not the best team in football. Yeah. They're they're getting there. They're scary. Nobody wants to play those guys right now. Um, but I think in a uh, playoff Ky- game. Kyler's that- unbelievable, but they're they're not the favorite. They're not your favorite to come out of the NFC. And they they might not even be most people's favorite to come out of the NFC West. Right, exactly. I mean, I still think the Rams could win the division. I don't think the C- I think the Seahawks chances are a lot slimmer. I mean, there's a slight chance that they could yeah, correct I mean, their it, season, it, but nah, it, I mean, it, it's going to be tough sledding for for them, you know. And, and in the NFC West, it's like you it's can't the hardest division in football. Can, you can't slip up even an inch, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to stick them at number three because I think these top two teams deserve deserve to be top two. I think they're the best teams in their just their perspective conferences. I'm going to go with the AFC conference with the Buffalo Bills, four and one. At number two. At number two. All right. Bills Mafia. This is uh, this is this is another one of those teams I think similar to the Chargers, although in a different way, is like America's team right now. Oh yeah. I think everybody's just so excited to see the Buffalo Bills being a good team. They had a in our lifetime they had what a 19-year playoff drought. Yeah. So I've seen them go 19 years without, you know, getting in the playoffs. I saw them play against in the Patriots division my whole life. Never had a chance, you know. Um so it's like they they're kind of like a new blood to an, and a new shock to the NFL. Uh Josh Allen, we you know, we continue to talk about his his MVP uh, season and it looks like i mean if they keep going like they're going i, I believe he is going to win it if, if if they get you know 13 wins it's gonna be hard not to not to go with josh especially Allen. with the offense putting up the points that it's putting up uh, and they're and they're deep at wide receiver i mean they've got four like three or four guys at wide receiver knox has had a couple big weeks these last Huge couple weeks, weeks. Uh, I, I zach moss has, has continued to kind of get a little better and bigger role and he's complimenting Devin singletary I mean, they just and then the the defense just plays as as such a solid unit, um, all three levels 
and and like see like the the Seattle teams I grew up loving or not in the last ten years I loved. It was like the the team defense mixed with like the home field advantage yeah. and the elements. It's a it's a whole thing. That's football. You know what I mean? A, a hard nosed defense coming into a loud crowd in the elements. I think the Bills are set up for success, and especially when it comes to the cold weather, they are the the creme de la creme. They are the <laughs> Cubanos, baby. Man, no one wants to go to Buffalo in no one's December, playing, no January. One, at, no one. I'll give Rodgers his respect. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, no team can play <laughs> the the Bills in cold weather better than the Bills. Um, Rodgers is is a freak. Brady's a freak, but. Um, Brady's the, also in South Florida right that's now. That's what though. I mean. So it's like, you know, I think the Buffalo Bills are the crown jewel when it comes to December, which is when you want to be playing your good football. Yeah. Uh, and then number one, man, we got to rock with the Bucks. Just came came in came in and just dominated their Florida uh, counterpart. Uh, one, one loss, uh, their only loss is to LA Rams, who's the number four team in the NFL. Tom Brady's coming off of his first ever 400-yard, five-touchdown game. I mean, the guy's... The guy's setting new bars at the age of 44. That's he, insane. He leads the NFL in passing yards. And he got every he got everybody off this week. He's weekend. dealing with a I thumb mean, injury too. Mike Ev- Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Ford. I mean it's just on and on and on. They have they've Giovanni Bernard got in the mix. Yeah. The, they're uh this is one of the best football teams I've ever I've ever seen. We talk about it all the time. Just top to bottom, bringing bringing back all those coaches, that that entire staff, uh, you know, starters on offense, starters on defense. You know, they get they, their DBs go down. They what do they do? They go pick up a Richard Sherman. It's <laughs> it's just like it's like a Pro Bowl team out there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Gronk can come back after uh, suffering that rib injury against the Rams. But yeah, the good thing is, is they got to be taking him slow. Like, who yeah, fucking I mean, it, cares? You know, they, like they don't need him right now. No, and they, and they and they should just. I mean, he should be like the week he feels good to play. You play next week. Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? I think and and I gotta assume that's the approach they're taking. So, um, yeah, that's that's my top ten. I feel like it was a pretty solid one this week. Uh, I'm gonna go from top to bottom. I'm gonna go Bucks, Bills, Cardinals, Rams, Chargers, then Packers, Ravens, Browns, Cowboys, and the the honorable mention Kansas City Chiefs. Get get your shit together, man. You're, you're better than this. All right, so uh, we will make our picks of the week for Week Six in a few minutes and, and go over our records uh, for how we did last week and all of that. But uh, first, we got to go over our biggest surprise and biggest letdown of last week. I'll start. I'll start with the letdown. Okay, Russell, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, our guy, ten years starting uh, for the Seahawks, broke his right finger. Uh, it was pretty gnarly when they were trying to say it was like a, you know, he was gonna dis, he was gonna. Dude, pop they it kept back showing in. it on the TV, and I'm like, why do you keep yeah. showing that? Yeah, yeah. His finger was bent in a way I had not seen a finger bent before. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's in danger of of missing the season. I don't think it, it it's necessarily gonna be just the four to six weeks or whatever they're talking about. This is his throwing hand, uh, the middle finger, which is the last finger to touch the ball when you when you release it. So for the first time, the last the last guy to start a game for the Seahawks. Um, not named Russell Wilson. Not named Russell Wilson was week seventeen of the of of the two thousand seventeen season. Can I take a guess? Yeah. Tavares Jackson. Rest in peace. Bingo. Tavares Jackson was the last 
And then we take Russ Wilson in the 2012 draft, and he's starting game one in 2012. Russ is history. Rest so, in peace to Varys Jackson. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a big letdown to see Russ go down like that, obviously, because that's our guy. It was uh, on Aaron Donald, too. What, what what I can't believe is how quickly Seattle fan base was like, we're ready for Geno. Dude. It's fucking over. We, we were confident. We were just like... It was, it was exciting. It was like a shock to our system. The crowd was chanting Gino on that 98-yard drive. To get to get something new in there. You know, obviously, it had been a decade since we saw anything but Russ. We love Russ. Like, Russ is our guy. He brought us our ring, um, all this and all that. But you can obviously see that the Seahawks were also looking for, like, we've learned to love Russ. You know, Russ comes with the added stress, you know? Yeah. His playmaking ability comes with the with the stress level. Listen, it was like Clayton Kershaw on the playoffs for a while. Yeah, it's it's no respect, it's no disrespect to Russ, but we're ready for we're ready to watch this Geno Smith show, and I'm super excited, which is so weird because uh, I just you would have never thought that would happen until I saw it happen, and it was like, damn, the whole Seattle faithful is ready ready to rock. We're ready for if Russ needs to take the season off, we want you to come back next year, but. Let's let's watch Geno Smith. Well, so our our buddy Jordan was at the game uh, for the Rams versus Seahawks, and he was like kind of giving us that vibe of the crowd, like when that happened. And I was very interested to see that Seattle fans were like being like, "All right, if this is what life without Russell Wilson is like, we're okay with it." Yeah, no, essentially uh, that that's how it felt. It it, it felt like we'd actually reached a place as a franchise that was bigger than another player, which is, which is rare. I mean, that's the Pittsburgh's, the, the yeah. green Bay's, um, new England, you know, well, I don't know. Well, that that's yet to be proven <laughs> because Fair. that one guy did all, all their, all their good. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm You know, it, it was a letdown that led into something that's kind of like exciting. You know, that, it, it's a letdown and a our, surprise at the same time. Our season has completely changed in a trajectory. I mean, we're going to be scratching and, and clawing for wins, um, but it, you know, it's going to be fun. To, it's going to be fun to watch Geno Smith. Um, he's a pro. He's been working. He's a different player than he was when he played for the Jets. So, uh, yeah, man. Hope hope Russ gets back soon. And and Geno, I'm excited to watch. All right. Uh, for me, I don't have a biggest letdown of the week in football. I'm going to save my biggest letdown for when we get to the NBA. I haven't told Tyler what it is yet, so he has no idea. Um, but uh, I guess my biggest surprise um, was everything that happened with John Gruden. Yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind. That um, was very... It was, really, was a whirlwind. Uh, I don't really news, know any other way to say it, but cycle. it was quick. Yeah. It was quick. Quick and swift, I think. You know, uh, to move on, that's how you got to do it. You know, you, you've got to just kind of rip the bandaid off. Don't don't kind of muddle around in the middle. Either back up your guy or go, go another way. Right. So, John Gruden has resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders following reports that emails he wrote over a 10-year period included racist, misogynistic, and homophobic language. The emails, interestingly enough, were discovered as part of an investigation into the Washington football team's former executive, Bruce Allen. Uh, John Gruden was a part of the Monday Night Football team, uh, Monday Night Football broadcast team for ESPN at the time of these emails. And Bruce Allen was president of the Washington football team at the time. Uh, there was also a bunch of other people 
CC'd and uh, on these email chains and and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see what other emails come out from this investigation. I I believe there's over 650,000 emails that have been reviewed because of this investigation into Bruce Allen. Um, this um, this story uh, with the the emails to Bruce Allen uh, was broke by the New York Times on Monday earlier this week. Um, that uh, there was a story earlier, uh, a few days before, I believe it was Thursday of last week, uh, that came from the Washington Post regarding racial comments Gruden made about NFL Players Association Executive Director Demora Smith. Uh, and basically all of that combined on Monday uh, quickly came John Gruden's resignation. Um, obviously what he said was terrible, has no yeah, place in, yeah. in any sort of workplace environment, any sort of life environment, really. Yeah. Um, it's It was a completely intolerant uh, way to act, and it's it's unfortunate that yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, you're 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 uh, you're held to a higher standard at the at this kind of stuff. You know, you you can't have these lapses in judgment, um, or you're going to be exposed. Right, and it's like how how can you be looked at as a leader of men when this is how you're behaving behind closed no, doors? No, it, it's and... really a tragedy. I mean, the, what what everybody loses in this scenario. I mean, the Raiders the Raiders are losing because of this. John Gruden obviously took a huge loss because of this. Surprisingly, ESPN has kind of skated by, I think. they. I mean, they were Gruden's employer at the time uh, when these emails occurred. But, I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's like gonna, the it's Raiders' hands were up. tied, basically. Yeah, which is unfortunate. That's why, right. you know, I really do feel for the Raiders and the players because it's, it's not their fault. And, and let's and, not forget Carl Nassib just came out as the first openly gay player in the NFL. And, and I mean, you got, it's just, I hate, I mean, the truth is John Gruden's a top five coach dead or alive football coach in any, any regard. He he's one of the greatest coaches, greatest football minds of all time. The Buccaneers came he, out and he, said they're taking him out of the ring of honor, yeah. but like we, it doesn't take away from what he did on the football field. But no. it's like, we don't, that doesn't, that's not what the organization stands for. We can't have him in our ring of honor type thing. Yeah, that's why it, it sucks for the Raiders because he really was coaching those guys up to a level they probably couldn't get to with with most coaches. Well, they were what four and twelve his first year, and like he was in a ten year deal, hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, like Mark big, Davis, big, big investment. Mark Davis put all of his marbles in the John Gruden basket, which at the time was a smart move. You know, he he really is he really is that good at what he does. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's unfortunate that the Raiders are the ones they're going to have to take, you know, the brunt of this punishment, essentially, you know, they're not, they're, they're going to be a worse football team for it. The only punishment John Gruden gets is he's never working again at any no, capacity. Well, and, and, and I mean, he, his, his punishment's going to be, you know, rightfully so he's, oh, you, for know, sure. he, you know, he, he's done. He, that's what it is. He's not going to be working in football anymore. Um, and and so you know that that punishment is just justicely served, and and the Raiders unfortunately you know they're stuck with with the their special teams coach as their head coach this year when they had a really promising start to the season. Um, though you know it's the, all those players and those coaches have to adjust with their jobs where everything you know everything's different for the fans. Um, it's it's just a shitty situation and, and it's like 
you know, it's tough to keep watching these kind of headlines come out and it's only going to open Pandora's box into more, uh, more firings, more, more names coming oh, out. That, I, you know, we're, this is not the end of this. 650,000 emails. Yeah. This is only, this is only the beginning. Um, and, and I mean, these guys are going to get exposed for, for shit, you know, they, they should be exposed for. Yeah. Rightfully so. Um, yeah, just, just, it, it, it's, it's a huge letdown, huge surprise. But just the the way it all happened on Monday night during Monday night football, and and all of that, it was just it's such a whirlwind of events. Like you were saying, just how quickly it all went down. No, I mean, like, you, I mean, on Thursday it was like, man, how's he going to survive this? Like, how are these guys going to you know play? And then you know, I'm surprised it took as long as as it did. Well, yeah, and I mean, listen, it. So the first, which which is unfortunate. I mean, there there. I mean, there's there's a narrative out there that a lot of people talk about. It's like, yo, you know, he said some racist stuff. He had three days, and then yeah, he it's says, like he made he made a, a statement or whatever after the Demora Smith stuff came out. Then they play their game on Sunday. They lose to uh, Denver, and then Monday, everything drops. And it's like there is like let's be real. There is a, there is a conspiracy out there that basically says the NFL was going to keep releasing these emails because this was an NFL investigation. This isn't like a, yeah. a federal investigation or anything yeah. like that. This is an, an investigation led by the NFL, and basically the conspiracy is that the NFL was going to keep leaking these emails until the Raiders did something about John Gruden yeah. or John Gruden went away himself. Yeah, and, and it should have it should have happened after the first batch. Um, it, it happened after the second batch, and, uh, you know, good riddance <laughs> yeah that's that's all there really is to say i mean yeah they, you're you're done i hope i i hope the best for the raiders you know i i really hope that they're able to bounce back and and they kind of come together through all this as a team you know there's so many great sports movies where you see some a, a story starts similar where you know they're facing huge adversity huge letdown you know their leader essentially failed them um and and now let's see if this group of guys that you know, all all their roles change. You know, if they can band together and be better for it. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I because it'll suck to watch if they just go out there and lose a bunch of games. It's gonna be tough to watch. It's gonna it's gonna hurt a little bit. Well, and know? and I think the storyline will be it's like look how much that affected the locker room and and it affected the season. No, it's everything. It is this season. I mean, I man, these Raiders, this this that locker room, that organization's got that. That's such a you can't underestimate how hard it is to pivot head coaches. Yeah. Like it's hard enough when you're a shitty team and fire your coach. Like they were a good team and they hired and they fired a good coach for a good reason. Like this is, this is not like they've got a completely, they don't have that mind anymore. That was running the whole biz. Right. Every, now everyone's got to pick up these pieces and everyone's got more responsibility than they had before. Uh, you know, you hope that maybe the freedom it, it, you know, allows people to blossom. Like I'm assuming the offense and the defensive coordinator were like, I'm not taking this head coaching job and ruining my, yeah my future chances at getting a head coaching job because I'm going to go in there before I'm not ready. I hope that they now feel like they have freedom to kind of do what they want because it's their team. Now it's nobody else's team. Yeah. It, it's, it's that, you know, it's that new head coach, the special teams coordinator, those, the OC, the DC, you know, and those players. Yeah. It's just, uh, an unfortunate situation uh it's the that... beginning of something I, I think this like this feels That's like definitely... it feels like a headline like a holy shit moment and it's like 
I don't think we've seen shit yet. I think it's about to go down. Yeah. I mean, be a bloodbath. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that these John Gruden emails are not the only thing that's about to come out of this investigation. I think it's been well documented what locker room culture is like. Well, and it's also well documented what the Washington football team's culture was like. So, you know, I I just know, like, that language, he wasn't the only one using that kind of language. No. I highly doubt that. Which is, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the, you know— it's the depressing. It's the depressing awareness which in we live in now. I mean, we're 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 aware of how how poorly all these things were handled for so long, um, and now they're all kind of being exposed, which is a good thing and, and a depressing thing, all in the same kind of rap. Yeah. So, all right. Um, enough about that. Let's move on now to week six in the NFL for our picks of the week. Let's first go over our records, Tyler. How did you do last week? Five and three. I went eight and zero. Wow. So what? Seahawks, Chargers, or no, Rams, Chargers. What's the other one? Um. Did you have? The, one you I had the Browns wrong. beating the Cardinals. No, the Browns and Chargers. Oh, I'm looking at this season's week, or this week's uh, <laughs> matchup. Sorry. Hold on. Um. I went trying to think of the other game that I got wrong. So my picks were Rams, Packers, Bucks, Chargers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills. Oh, Bills. I yeah, picked the Chiefs. You picked the Chiefs. I and then the I Chiefs, ha- I picked the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Seahawks. Yeah. And then I picked and yeah, and I had the Ravens winning as well. So yeah, I went eight and zero. First time I think I've ever gone undefeated. Pretty good. Eight and it's too bad you didn't parlay that. I know, right? Yeah, so I'm twenty five and thirteen for the year now. I'm twenty eight and thirteen. Okay, so for sure fumbled fumbled the bag on my mouth there somewhere. Yeah. I'm gu- I'm guessing that there's more losses. Because I know I had twenty wins last week. I I was twenty and thirteen last week. So so I must be twenty five and sixteen. Yeah, that must be it. That that's gotta be. Yeah, you, pr- I you must probably not have, to- I must not have added my losses because I had three losses. Yeah. And I know I had 20 wins, so I added the five. So Yeah, I'm 28 right, and 13. 20, 25 and 16. All right, so I got a three-game lead on you. It's pretty good. Yes. So, yeah. And sorry we the forgot. The Seahawks have really fucked me on this this one. <laughs> That's what happens when you pick your home team every time. Yeah. I felt good about it up until now. It's all good. Um, But, yeah, like I said earlier, sorry we forgot about the London game last week, but who really cares about the Jets and Falcons this year? Um. The Jets and Falcons are on a bye. It's the first week of byes. Uh, the Jets, uh, the Falcons, the Saints, and the 49ers are all on bye. Uh, so, I mean, like we were saying with fantasy, time to time to adjust your strategies, folks. No, this is when the cream rises. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's let's get into our picks of the week. We'll start off with Thursday night football tomorrow night or, or tonight if you're listening on Thursday morning. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Buccaneers, they're four and one. The Eagles, they're two and three. Tampa's coming off a dominant performance over the Miami Dolphins in the Battle of Florida, and Tom Brady is dealing with a thumb issue, but he should be good to go. Like uh, Tyler said earlier, he's coming off his first 400-yard, five-touchdown performance of his career. Just a an incredible 
showing by the old man. And I, I have no issue calling him an old man because he is an old man, but he is defying all of the laws of uh, father time with it. So it's it's he's unbelievable. Set, he's setting a new president. I think between <clears throat> between him and LeBron, we're going to start seeing this more often. I don't know. It, nah, I, I do. I feel like I do. I feel like I, I feel strongly about they've kind of laid out the blueprint. You know, your mind does a lot. Just how to take care of your body. Yeah, and just expecting to be there. I mean, you just expect to hit a wall when you're 30 and be done by 35. Like, anything after 35 was damn near impossible. And now, you know, I think that these players have pushed the boundaries and they said, no, like, your peak wall, maybe you hit a 35, 36 and you can play into your 40s and and you take care of your body in the case that you're fortunate enough to stay healthy long enough i think staying healthy obviously is the big is the big thing that brady and lebron for the most part have been able to avoid um but that's got to be partly to how they kept they took care of their bodies so yeah i think they're i think they're laying out a blueprint for for future athletes i think these young kids now see like okay i can do 20 I can do 20 years of pro sports. I can push it maybe even past that. It looks like, you know, I think even even the guys that are in their generation, guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers believe, you know, I think he believes that he can play oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. into his mid-40s now. So um, I I think that they, this is uh, going to be a new trend, and especially with, you know, the high-scoring kind of faster-paced game. Um, I think I think that that's going to help him where it's not so beat him up. Well, you and know, especially with so the league, protect, well, and with the league protecting the quarterbacks the way that they do. All athletes, I mean, even yeah. the NBA, it's it's that's how that's how it goes. You protect your assets. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, the the Buccaneers they're going up against the Eagles. Philly they're coming off a comeback win over the Panthers, where Jalen Hurts ran two touchdowns in himself to give the Eagles the boost after a slow start in the first half, where they were down fifteen to three at one point to the Panthers. I got the Buccaneers winning this game. Uh, I just think they're leaps and bounds better than Philly. Um, but I think Philly did show some promise in how they were able to face some adversity against the Panthers and, and were able to come back under uh, the direction of Jalen Hurts uh, at quarterback. Yeah, I like I, I like the Philly team and like the in the direction they're going. I like the young, like, dynamic offense. I think you know, Devontae Smith, she's uh, almost said Jeremy Macklin. <laughs> uh Devonta Jalen Rieger, um, a Jalen Hurts, a Miles Sanders, uh, a couple good tight ends. I, I do think that they got some dynamic stuff going for them to move forward with. This isn't gonna be their year, but they're they're moving in the right direction. Uh and 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 uh, you know, Tampa Bay is just kind of the superior product in this situation. Yeah, definitely. So all right, moving on. We got a big time divisional matchup here. We got the Green Bay Packers at four and one. They're going to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears who are 3 and 2. The Packers they're coming off a win where they really had to grind it out against a team they don't normally play since they're in different conferences in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh the Bengals they really took it to the the Packers in the first half and really made it a competitive game. They they were very uh I think they were a lot more physical with Green Bay in the first half and I think that really uh played a played an impact on Cincinnati going out to an early lead, but the, the Packers, they were able to to find a way to win. The kicking game in this uh, this game was atrocious between the, the Packers and the Bengals. Missed kicks everywhere from Mason Crosby and McPherson. McPherson even celebrated one early uh, before it went through the uprights, and then he ended up missing it, so he kind of looked kind of dumb. 
Um, and that, that kick was insane. I mean, that's so fucking high to kick to kick at the yeah the flag on top of the goalpost. Yeah. So I mean, Green Bay they were able to find a way to get it done against the Bengals. Um, Devontae Adams, like we said, had over 200 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, I mean, this game against the Bears, I think the Packers are going to win. The Bears they do look good. Um, with Justin Fields under center, he did hyperextend his knee, but he he said he's going to be able to go on Sunday against the Packers. Uh, but it was it was cool getting to see Justin Fields' first win of the of his young career. Yeah, I think that the Bears are trending up with Justin Fields. He's he's going to get better every week. It is tough to lose your starting quarterback and your starting running back, uh, but the Bears the Bears do got they you know they've got they've got some stuff going for him, and I definitely think Justin Fields is part of that. Uh, but there again, this is just another. Another situation where one team's a year away and one team's a superior product of the NFL. <laughs> one team was in the conference championship last year. Yeah. Uh, so it's like Justin Fields that and that whole that whole crew with Montgomery, um, Allen Robinson, you know, they're gonna be I think their their futures they're they're trading on the up. Justin Fields is gonna be a good franchise quarterback for them. Uh, but today it's Aaron Rodgers team, it's Aaron Rodgers division. Yeah. And 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 uh, this is this is a matchup as as old as the NFL gets right here, Packers Bears. Uh, so it's going to be a tight game. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout, especially because Green Bay is in Chicago. But I still like Green Bay. Yeah. All right. Kansas City at two and three. They're going to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Football Team, who is also two and three. Kansas City. They're coming off the loss to the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been placed on IR with an MCL sprain. Tyreek Hill has a banged-up knee, but he's not expected to miss any time. Uh, I said during the game on Twitter uh, against the Bills that, uh, and I mean, we've kind of talked about it here on the show a bit. Um, I think the Chiefs have kind of been figured out, um, and, and the Bills really did a good job of exposing that. Um, but I think that with their schedule and how it's going to lighten up a bit, especially here against the Washington football team. I think this is a perfect opportunity for Kansas City to get back on the right track for their season, get to an even 500 after week six, and and we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. Definitely definitely a good week for them to kind of try to get back on on uh, on those uh, you know on the right straight and narrow, get back to their winning ways. This is this is a football team that's kind of in a in a in a transition state. You know they they. They did look like they had some promise coming into the season. You know, Antonio Gibson kind of emerged late last year. McLaurin's been great since they drafted him. Chase Young was a home run. Uh, but McKissick's been good. But but you know, they thought they were gonna have Fitzpatrick. You know, so yeah, I think it's it's tough. They they truly are playing with the, their backup quarterback. So um, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna take my third road team in a row and, and yeah uh, uh, yeah and, and look for Mahomes and the Chiefs to get back on track. Yeah. All right. Now we got the Los Angeles Chargers going on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams are four and one coming into this matchup. The Chargers, we were talking so highly of them during the power rankings. They're coming off the crazy win over the Browns in dramatic fashion. At one point in the fourth quarter of that game, Tyler, the the Browns and Chargers traded touchdowns on five straight offensive drives in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, that's that that game was gnarly. Yeah, it was I mean, straight shootout. It was insane. 
And then the the Chargers, they're facing the Ravens, who are coming off a dramatic win. Eckler, I think, had three touchdowns. Um, I think it was two. Oh, he had one early and then two in the fourth. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he he had at least two touchdowns in the fourth. Hold on, I think I think he only had two for the game. I might yeah, be wrong. He had three for the game. He did have three. Yeah. So one of them may have been early, but he went on a tear. The only reason, I mean, the only reason I know that's from watching fantasy. No, Eckler only had two touchdowns. God, I could have swore him and him and uh, Henry both had three. No. Well, Herbert guess, Herbert ran one in himself. I, I guess yeah, it must have, it must have been the points total then. It was similar to Henry. I thought they both had three touchdowns. But I mean, regardless, yeah. I, I, I mean, regardless, they started out. Eckler started off slow and then just had a a fantastic second half fourth yeah. quarter. This is this game's tough to pick right here. Well, the Ravens. Because, I mean, because I I obviously slightly like the Ra- the Chargers over the Ravens, you know, in my power rankings. But a home team, right? You know, because this is such a coin flip of a matchup. Well, so you're looking for any sort of advantage you got, but the Chargers are more healthy. They're more know? healthy. This is, but this is going to be a real test for this Chargers team no, going sure. on the road, having to play a 10 a.m. game on the East Coast, which I know is 1 p.m. on the East Coast, but it's it's a 10 a.m. body clock game for it's, it's the a, yeah, it's a three hour difference. Yeah, for for the Chargers, and I mean. I got way too many road teams winning this week already, so I, I'm going with the Ravens in this yeah. game, but I don't feel good about it. I do think the Chargers can upset them on the road. But we said earlier with the Ravens, I mean, Hollywood Brown looked great with Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football in that comeback. Mark Andrews had a huge game at tight end for the Ravens. I mean, they were down 16 points in the fourth quarter and were able to come back and, and yeah. win that game. The Colts, I, I believe I saw on the telecast, they were 120-0. and 0. 120 and 0 when leading by 16 points in the fourth quarter yeah, I mean, and the, lost it. Yeah, but that's one of those things where if you saw the NFL's all-time percentage of a 16-point lead in the fourth, it's going to be 99%. No, I know, but it's it's just insane. Yeah, it was it's it's an unbelievable comeback to come back three three scores in the fourth quarter. Uh you you've essentially got to be perfect with not only your offense and execution but your time your time and clock management. Uh, I'm going to roll with another road team though. All right, so I, I got to roll with the team that I think is better. They got a little bit more, just a little bit more going for them. All right, so we we got some discrepancy finally here. To, Lamar, to Lamar's got to do it all by himself. He and, doesn't got to do it all by and, himself. He's got Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Yeah, but there, but who gets those guys the ball? Well, Lamar Jackson. It's you know, I just I think they got you know, it's easier to stop one guy than than a bunch of guys. Yeah. All right, moving on. We got the Arizona Cardinals at five and zero. They're going to Cleveland to take on the Browns, who are three and two. The Cardinals, Oof. yeah, the Cardinals. They're coming off a win over the San Francisco 49ers, where Trey Lance hurt his knee for the 49ers, and now their quarterback situation is just a mess. But that's a story for a different day. Uh, the Cardinals. They're playing the Browns, who set some pretty awful records uh, in their loss to the Chargers. The Browns. They became the first team in NFL history to score 40 points, commit zero turnovers, and lose. And that's, a, that's a Chargers thing, though. That's not wait, a Browns thing. Wait. And, that's some bullshit. And they're the first team in NFL history to score 40 points, commit zero turnovers, and have 500 yards of total offense and lose. Before that, teams who were 40, uh, who scored 40 points and committed zero turnovers were 463 and 0 and teams who were 40 
zero and 500. So 40, 40 points, zero turnovers and 500 yards of total offense. They were 72 and 0 before that game. Hey, I'm not saying, I'm saying that's impressive by the Chargers. Oh, for sure. Cleveland just, did everything they needed to do. Absolutely there crushing just, loss. There was just a better team on the field that day. An absolutely crushing loss for the Browns. And I know I gave Baker a lot of shit last week, but apparently he was dealing with a, a shoulder issue. I, I believe it's a torn labrum or something in his non-throwing shoulder. Um, which, which can't be fun. No, definitely not fun to deal with. Uh, but it definitely didn't look like it against the Chargers. He he was slinging the rock everywhere. Um, but I, I got Arizona winning this game on the road um, with the way Cleveland lost. They're banged up. I think Arizona's on a roll. They're going to be 6-0. and And just the the crushing defeat of how the Browns lost, that, that could really be uh, a moment that changes the Browns' season, at least in the short term, because I do think they, they can bounce back and still have a good chance at making the playoffs as a wild card team, potentially, because I think the Ravens end up winning their division. But uh, I just, I don't know, man. It's it's tough to lose a game like that, the way they lost it. No, it, no, it was because you know it, it's tough to try to take good things away from a loss because you feel like the product wasn't good enough. But it, it was, you know, they, 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 there's a lot of good things you could take away from that Chargers game uh, outside of the loss. Um, I, I'm I'm going with Cleveland at home, of course. Come on, okay. I, I think this is one of Arizona's. Uh, you know, one of their big tests outside of the Rams, they've had a pretty, pretty easy schedule on it. Not, not easy. It's still an NFL schedule, but it hasn't been as hard as most of the, most of the really good teams in the NFL. I mean, the Rams are the only top 10 team uh, they've played so far. So this is, this is their next top 10 test. And I, and uh, I like the dog pounding at, at home. All right. So we'll we'll move on now. We'll skip Sunday night football for now because we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about our hometown team. So we'll we'll move to Monday night football uh, between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. The Bills they're four and one. The Titans they're three and two. Buffalo coming off a big win over the Chiefs, thirty eight to twenty on Sunday night football. They've put up thirty five or more points in four straight games, which has led to four straight wins in dominant fashion and of course they got two shutouts in there as well Tennessee they're coming off a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars which I think was expected especially after all the distractions Jacksonville was going through uh AJ AJ Brown did return for the Titans uh but they were really focusing on the run game with King Henry who like Tyler said earlier had three touchdowns uh, 130 yards rushing they were without Julio Jones for the second straight week so we'll, we'll see if he can go Monday night against the Bills. I think maybe having that extra day makes it uh, more likely that he does play, but it's just, it's hard for me to pick against the Bills right now in any of their matchups. I, I got them winning on the road against the Titans. Man, a lot of good teams on the road this week. It's yeah. Insane. This is insane. I mean, looking at it, it's like, obviously, the Chargers-Baltimore game, that's kind of a coin flip. Cardinals-Browns, okay, I can see you going either, other, either way, but Buffalo, I think, is definitely a better team than Tennessee. Although I always underestimate as underestimate Tennessee I know that I know I do that so I'm trying to you know <laughs> see see what I just don't see them being able to like Derrick Henry their way into beating the Bills I think the Bills are a little bit better of a football team than that they can't just they, I don't I don't see the Bills being beat just by a pure pure like run force so I, I like that 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 defensive unit has two shutouts so um I think that they're going to be able to tackle Derrick Henry a little better, gang tackle a little better, 
load the box a little better and, and there's not as big of threats on the outside without Julio, AJ Brown's dinged up. So um, I'm going with Buffalo. All right. Now for the hometown teams, Tyler, first we'll talk about the Rams and the New York Giants. Uh, the Rams, they're going on the road. Another good team going on the road. Um, the Rams, they're coming off a big win against their rival Seahawks. Like we talked about, they're four and one. The Giants, they're one and four. That Seahawks oh, game. Also, I'd like to add that what? was the first Seahawks loss in those unis. Oh, and the neon lime green ones or whatever. Seven and oh. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay, that's pretty significant. That's yeah. And I think there were uh, that, that, that's a popular jersey. Yeah, I don't think there were like two and zero against the Rams in those jerseys. Damn. Yeah. Because right. I, I mean, I, they they originally were color rush jerseys, right? Uh, and 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 Thursday night football was originally divisional games, so right makes sense that like two of the seven game, three of the seven games, three of the eight games were Rams. So. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. But yeah, a little just a little snippet there, another another dagger in the heart. <laughs> but I mean, listen, it was it was a gritty first half in that game against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, they missed the field goal at the end of the half to keep it a 7-3 game, which was huge for the Rams after the way the momentum was going towards the, the Seahawks as the first half was coming to a close. You saw Sean McVay get all fired up when they missed that field goal yeah. going into the locker room. The Rams said that they wanted to get Robert Woods more involved in their offensive game plan, yeah. and they definitely did that to the tune of 12 catches for 150 yards. No touchdowns for him, which kind of sucks, but, I mean – 12 catches for 150 yards. That's a hell of a day for Robert Woods. That's Yeah, that's between the 20s work right there. Exactly. Uh, Tyler Higby, the tight end, got the lone receiving touchdown, and then both Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle uh, got to run touchdowns in for the Rams against the Seahawks. Deshaun Jackson had a classic 68-yard uh, re uh, reception, just an absolute bomb that he he kind of had to slow up on. He kind of yeah. almost outran it. Yeah. Um, sucked it wasn't a touchdown, in my opinion, obviously, but. No, no, I mean, D, I love D-Jack. Love seeing him take the top off the defense. Yeah. Aaron Donald sacked Russell Wilson for the 17th time of Aaron Donald's career. Second most in NFL um, as far as, like, D-lineman on one specific quarterback. Yeah. And it's second to Cameron Jordan on Matt Ryan. Interesting. All right, I didn't that's, know I didn't know the, who the first, who was in yeah, the first that, place. That's the, only, that's the only player that's that's the only player that's sacked one individual quarterback more. That sack on Russell Wilson, though, allowed Aaron Donald to, to become the franchise leader uh, for the Rams in sacks at 88 and a half. Uh, they didn't officially count the stat of a sack until 1982. So Deacon Jones and Jack Youngblood uh, I was gonna from say, back in the day. That, that was actually my, my, my next question. Yeah. So it, they, didn't, they didn't start counting it officially until 1982, and that was long after Deacon Jones and Jack Youngblood had played. So um, – they're, they they probably have more sacks uh, unofficially than Aaron Donald. But Maybe. Who knows? I mean, no, it, was a, it was a different game. No. Deacon Jones, there's, like, a video that he went back and, like, he, like, counted, like, all of his, his sacks, and I think it's, like, over, like, 120-something. They were only throwing it 15, 15 times a game. <laughs> so that's not possible. Either way. No, they were great. Yeah. I, I, know, I know who Deacon Jones and Jack Youngblood are for a reason. Yeah, exactly. But. I mean, hey, the Rams coming off a huge win on Thursday night football. Now they got to go to the East Coast, play a morning game like the 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 Cardinals and the the Chargers for that matter as well. Yep. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, comes into play. The Giants they're coming off a loss to the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to be without Saquon Barkley for the foreseeable future, unfortunately, after spraining his ankle. 
we don't really know what the exact timetable is. They're, they they haven't really said. Um, and maybe Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones, I think, is more likely to yeah, play. just because he's in concussion protocol. Right. But, I mean, that picture of Saquon Barkley's ankle looked like he had a tennis ball in his ankle. Yeah, for sure. That it was. So gnarly. He's so big and strong. I just, I, I don't see it, like, recovering so Well, fast. I saw that the the report was that the x-rays came back better than yeah. they were expecting and all of that. So they think it, it could just be maybe a few weeks kind of thing, but I don't, I don't think he's going to have to go on IR or anything like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Joe judge disciplines Kadarius Tony in any way. After <laughs> God, no, he's, he was, he's been disciplined. <laughs> well, the disciplined no. has already happened. I promise you. You don't Got think he misses a, a quarter or something? No, no. I mean that 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 could happen too. That's that, what I'm saying. That's the lighter load of the discipline. I'm I'm sure. Like, dude, as a rookie player, you're helping your team win and having you're going a career off. day. Ten to do to ten do catches, 189 yards. Nah, he got ripped apart in film. He got ripped apart by every veteran on that team, by every coach on that team. You know, it, it's. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was like maybe you know some some practice punishment oh i'm sure he was running he, this and and i mean i'm sure they put that shit on the film in front of the whole team it's just and he definitely got hit in the wallet too you got yeah man you're young it's just tough it, that's like what you don't want to see unfortunately you see it a lot because young players are emotional you know they're they're just getting started they want to they want to conquer the world today. And it's like he's he's having that kind of day where nah, he, he did. just wants he to. Did. He got he got he got ahead of himself and he and he lost his head and that's and that's too bad. And that's why that's why veterans rule pro sports. You know, they could get under these these people's skin and, and they can they can force a good player to make a terrible mistake. It's not even has anything to do with football. Well, and it's why you it see was blatant. I mean, god damn, like <laughs> it couldn't have been a little sneakier about it. It's why you see teams that are generally trend younger they don't normally have as much success early on no nah, it's tough man it's it's i mean it's tough to keep your head when you're doing well and when you're doing bad yeah definitely. <laughs> you know so the two extremes it, it's uh it's too bad he he was torching it and um i'm i'm hoping that he he comes back and it, it, it doesn't haunt him too much yeah hopefully but i mean yeah, I, I gotta okay. go with the Rams. Yeah, Giant, I'm, okay, Giants, I'm okay with it haunting him for one more week. No, no Saquon. This, this team's this team's. No, I mean, they're yeah. not doing much. No, I think the Rams are going to come in and dominate this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants more and more. It just seems like all those NFC East teams are kind of out of it, but Dallas. Yeah. All right. Sunday night football, Tyler. The main event. Seattle yes, going to Pittsburgh. Both teams are two and three. Seattle's coming off the loss to the Rams. They just cut Trey Flowers after a really bad start to the year. Steelers, they're coming off the win on the road against the Denver. They didn't play the Denver Broncos. What? Why do I have that? I did these notes after the Dodger game last night, clearly. Hmm. Um, hold on. I'm pulling up who they played last week. They got the they got the dub. Um, oh, they did play Denver. They got the oh. dub over Denver. The Raiders lost to Chicago. That's where I made the mistake. I made a mistake earlier and said the Raiders played Denver. Okay, so yeah, Pittsburgh got the win over Denver, twenty-seven and nineteen. Um, only Pittsburgh's second win of the year. They did lose Juju Smith-Schuster to a shoulder injury, which required surgery. He's going to miss the remainder of the season, most likely. I talked about how much of a loss that is to me in fantasy football. Um, 
but I think that's an even bigger loss to the Steelers in general because Juju has to command so much attention because he can be so explosive, um, but they also have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, um, but Big Ben just hasn't looked the same this year. So I got Seattle winning this game only because I want to send Tyler into his birthday yeah, with a win. Oh, yeah. No, um, this is going to be a good one. Gino, uh, this is the – I believe – this is the closest stadium to West Virginia. Oh, which interesting. Is, which, is, which is where Gino really played his best football. Yes, that's where he made his name. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, this is the Gino Smith game for sure. This is it. Sunday Night Football, your first start. First Seahawk, uh, first quarterback to start uh, since Russell Wilson. Just put it together, oddly enough, the last guy to start, Tavares Jackson, also wore number seven. No, oh, okay. So, so we're we're gonna rock some sevens on the end of of Russell Wilson's epic streak. Um, yeah, man, I I'm gonna roll with the Seahawks, even even though like I'm trying to be not not so like Homer about it. But with, with Geno Smith, I think there is a little jolt of energy, something new. And I, I'll tell you what, in the NFL, typically the first like four to eight starts for a quarterback are pretty good. If he if 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 he's like a talented player and he comes in, no one knows how to play against him. There's no game plan. There's no film. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's no film aspect. So I I like the I like that aspect of us. And then you know no no juju. The the Steelers look the Steelers look pretty bad on offense. Najee Harris has been the only bright spot really for him. And he and he's going to continue to be a bright spot for a long time. They they definitely I think hit a home run with him. Uh, the defense is what concerns me. They still have stellar defense, one of the best defenses in the league. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup for our offense. That's a very unpredictable game, I think. But I, it's a I'm, very unpredictable game. But luckily, it's like Sunday night football with the lights on. Uh, you know, prime time against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I, I like us to to kind of come together with, with our first game without Russ and, and get the dub. The whole division's on the road except for San Francisco, who's on by. I just realized that. It's our week. It's our week to travel. Yeah. All right. That uh, that just about does it for uh, the picks of the week. Uh, before we get out of here, we do have to talk some NBA hoops. Come on. You're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? got bass in them a little bit man that, I, that every time that beat comes on it just dumps in these beats dude <laughs> and i'm always wondering i'm like man does he is he feeling and hearing this at the same oh time? yeah Feels like i got subs in the truck well i mean you got you got your beats on that's no that's what i mean it's funny they're not necessarily made for what we're doing shout out to our guy they're, rap bomb for they're, uh they're made the for, music they're made for for listening to that shit exactly um all right we got some nba hoops to talk about I said that I was saving my biggest letdown for when we were talking about basketball, and uh, I didn't tell Tyler what it was because we we said we were just going to talk about Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, which we will in in a minute. 
Uh, I just have to let Tyler know that my biggest letdown since we last recorded is the 18 former NBA players that got charged in a $4 million healthcare fraud ring scheme. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Williams, Alan. Terrence Williams, man. Come on, dog. That's the. <laughs> The ringleader. The 206, baby. That's the Seattle native. There's, there's another Seattle connection. There. I got the list right here. We got Terrence. Oh, Ruben Patterson, the Sky Pilot, the Kobe Stopper. Kobe Stopper, yeah. Uh, it's Terrence Williams, Allen Anderson. He's listed as Anthony Allen in, in this, but it's it's first team all defense, Tony Allen. Yep. Uh, grit and grind, uh, Tony Allen. Also former Lakers, Shannon Brown. Uh, Will, Will Bynum. We got Ronald Glenn, Big Baby Davis. What a it, weird group of guys. Christopher Douglas Roberts, who also had uh, a stint with the Lakers. Uh, Melvin Ellie, who I don't know. Jamario Moon, Darius Miles, uh, Milton Palacio, Ruben Patterson, Eddie Robinson, Gregory Smith, Sebastian Telfair. Uh, and leave Bassie <laughs> out of this. Charles Watson Jr. Antoine Wright. Charles Watson Jr., who also known as C.J. Watson. Yeah, C.J. Watson. Antoine Wright and Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Roten. Damn, another dog? Yes. Man, Seattle really was at the the forefront of this. They really were. So, basically what happened. fraud boys. What happened was uh, they basically said they had medical and dental procedures done got the insurance money for them and and just kept the money because they didn't get these procedures done. So they pulled the whole go get some financial aid checks and then don't go to school. Basically. Damn. So uh like one of them I I don't I don't remember who. Uh, I don't have the article pulled up in front of me, but one of them basically said that they had this dental procedure done for like $40,000 in Beverly Hills at this dentist in Beverly Hills. And that same day he said that the medical procedure was done and had all these documents saying the procedure was done and everything, he was playing in a game in Taiwan. Yeah, god damn it. So they, they got these guys dead to rights. Yeah. Um four million dollars uh in defrauding the, the NBA's uh retired players health care fund. Yeah, that's tough because the retired players are the ones that would bail them out, you know? Yeah. It's actually uh, taken from their own. Yeah, it's uh, quite the scenario. Yeah, that's too bad. A lot of big names in there. I hate to see Tony Roden uh, and uh, who who was Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams. And he was supposedly the mastermind. Terrence Williams, the mastermind. That's so crazy. Man, shout out the Beach Boys, Garfield High School, (laughs) the 206. Those guys were part of the, the pinnacle of the Seattle Hooper scene. It's too bad to see him go down like this. (laughs) And they went down hard. What a group of guys, though, man. That's a squad. 18 of them. That's a dope team. I I, wish I could play with that team. I wonder how many games this team would win in an NBA season. Not Not too many. I think think Darius Miles and Big Baby are the two biggest guys on here. Everybody else is guards and forwards. Melvin Eli is a center. Oh, that's true, yeah. You don't know him, though. Not really, no. I don't really remember him. I think he played for the Clips, so that makes sense. Let me look him up. He, Melvin, he was a journeyman. Melvin Eli. He played for the Bobcats. That's where I remember him. I knew it was one of those seller teams. He I did. Okay, so he played for the Clippers. He was drafted by the Clippers. He's Bobcats, Spurs. 
He won an NBA championship with the Spurs in 2007. No, he was a journeyman. I mean, he was he was in the league for a minute. I know who that is. Horn. Uh, he was with the Hornets and the Nuggets, and then the Pelicans is late as 2014. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, just name doesn't ring a bell. I mean, pretty forgettable player. He didn't do much. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so yeah, that that was my biggest letdown. Yeah, God. Since we last recorded. That, is a letdown, that literally yeah. came out the next day after we, we leave, recorded. Leave Bassy out of it, man. Somebody get Bassy. Someone get this. Isn't he well, that's my is, thing. Isn't he already in jail he for is, guns? He is. That's that's like, God damn, man. How was this guy break? Adidas, fucking pay this shit, man. Ugh. Just yeah. a shitty situation. Nah, they fucked over. I don't even want to get started on Bassy. <laughs> and Louisville should have paid his ass, so he could have went to school. Yeah, Sebastian Telfair, one of the, the one of the saddest stories I know. Seriously, but all right, let's let's talk about some actual NBA hoops because Ben Simmons surprised the 76ers and showed up to their preseason game on Monday and has officially entered the NBA health and safety protocols required to rejoin a team after the offseason. And he passed his physical on Tuesday, ending his two-week quote-unquote holdout, uh, I guess you want to call it, uh, after uh, requesting a trade uh, this offseason from the Philadelphia 76ers. It was uh, obviously a surprising move for the 76ers just to have him show up at the game. Reportedly, Elton Brand just kind of got a text and was like, hey, Ben's here kind of thing. And they just kind of had to go about their business and and – do what yeah. they needed to do to get him a part of the the team and get him to start working out at the facility. Um, according to ESPN, Ben Simmons basically wanted to just prove a point, and he thinks he did that by sitting out these past two weeks and doing something that's never been done by sitting out training camp, and he sacrificed almost a million dollars in lost salary uh, and fines, which I think personally that definitely does send a message to the 76ers that he's serious about not wanting to be with the team and he's serious about that trade requ- trade request that he made. Um, I just, I don't know how or when they trade him because nobody really wants him because of what no, happened in the playoffs. I think it's about to go down. He's about to be traded to Brooklyn. Well, <laughs> the thing is Brooklyn doesn't want Kyrie to be with the team and it's like, how can you have value if you can't be with the team? He can be with the team in Philly. But he, I mean. I think I think the stars are aligning for Kyrie and Ben Simmons to, to be traded for each other. So you don't, you don't need another score on that, on that Brooklyn team. You need all the other stuff. I mean, you've got yeah. the two best, arguably the two best offensive players on the team, on, my, in the league, on their team. My my biggest concern with Brooklyn has always been the defense, and I, that's still an address, like something they need to address, I think. And Simmons would, uh, you know, fill that fill that void. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that Kyrie would be able to, to you know, to continue to not, to continue to, to do what he feels like he needs to do and not be vaccinated. He can play for Philly. He can play in that stadium. He can travel to all the stadiums outside of San Francisco and New York City. So he can and play. LA. And LA now? Yep. Yep. So there's three cities now that are mandated. Yeah. So basically, Kyrie Irving. Uh, because it, that, when this broke, LA was not. Right. So this LA within the last week has yep. basically added to the list. So basically, what happened was Kyrie Irving was told by the Brooklyn Nets that he cannot be with the team 
until he complies with New York City's vaccine mandate. And the vaccine mandate, which went in, went into effect last month, states that anyone entering an indoor gym, including Barclays Center and Madison Square Garden, uh, the homes of the Nets and the New York Net, Knicks, uh, must have at least one COVID-19 vaccine shot. And Kyrie is currently unvaccinated. And if he were to be with the team, if if the team were to allow him to be with them, he would miss a total of 43 games. 41 at Barclays and two at Madison Square Garden, guaranteed. That doesn't include games. Golden State, right. LA, LA. Exactly. So one game in Golden State and two in LA. So essentially that's 46 games he would miss if Brooklyn were to allow him to be with the team. Yep. Right now, Brooklyn is not allowing him to be with the team just because they, I think at this point, are just sick of, of well, the, the it, drama. I mean, it, it's 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 a personal choice, right? We've talked about it. It's, it's, right. it's, it's a personal thing, and it's personal for Brooklyn, and it's personal for Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't want to do it. Brooklyn respects that like choice. But they said, like, hey, well, if you're not going to do it, we have to do this. Exactly. And, and, and I think both sides are doing what they feel like is the right thing. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it. And, and oh, I have no that, problem with what why, the Nets did. And that, or, or I mean, or Kyrie. Like, dude, if you if you really don't want to get it and, and, and it's this important to you, it's a personal, it's a health choice, it's not a political choice. If it, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone, I'm not someone that's like, I'm not an I'm vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, he it's, said it's that a personal choice between everybody. I'm not. I don't think it, it's necessarily right to force people to do it. You should want to do it, <laughs> but that's a diff, that's a whole different conversation. And I, Ky- Kyrie getting traded, I think he needs to get traded, and, and uh, give you know Brooklyn needs to run their business like a business, which is what they're doing by telling him he can't be with the team right now. And so, uh, you know, he, but. But also, you could see Kyrie doing some, you know, some, some crazy. He, he could sit out the year, dude. He's set. He's set to lose about three hundred eighty thousand dollars per he, game you know, that he misses. He, he, you know, he made a comment in the bubble when the George Floyd stuff happened that he wouldn't play. Oh and, yeah. And I remember when we talked about this because I said, you know, because everyone, it was kind of like, well, he that's kind it. of like an empty statement, like. You're he, not there. He got into a whole battle on Twitter with Nick Wright because Nick Wright basically said that he had sources telling him from Kyrie's camp that if he was traded from Brooklyn, he'd retire. Which is fine. That's another that's that's your choice. Like no, it, but it that's is what, what I'm saying. Is. Kyrie is, I think, one of the only players when he says if something were to happen, I will retire, he means he will actually retire. Yeah, I think that yeah. I think that he's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish on the basketball court. He he's doing what he wants to do as a as an individual. Which well, and is there fine. was there was a report but, that came out that said that he he wants to be a voice for the voiceless, and he's not necessarily anti-vax or anti-science, according to Shams Sharania, where the report came from. But sources were telling Shams that he basically is not in favor of vaccine mandates where people are losing their jobs over it, and that's what he's standing for. But these are all coming from sources. This isn't coming directly from no, Kyrie's which is always, mouth. That's okay. So that's two, always so been, two things. That's two always things. been our problem with Kyrie is he doesn't talk about the stuff that he says he wants to stand for. Yeah. So when when he said that in the bubble, my reaction was I really believe him because I felt like the NBA shouldn't play, and the Lakers felt that same way. You know, that's like let's let's not play like that will. And the whole our whole conversation that episode was like, they, it wasn't do, George Floyd. It was Jacob Blake. Do they have a? The, okay, yeah, 
and all in that same right, right, kind right. of whirlwind. But when the, but when the Milwaukee Bucks, but had our the conversation protest. was like, okay, do they have more of a voice playing or not playing? You know, and that, there's a real conversation there. They have power both ways. Oh, you're talking about going to the bubble, right? right yeah, right. yeah, and, and playing. And and Kyrie, Kyrie wasn't there, and so people were like, oh, well, it's easy to say you you would like stand up and not play when you couldn't play. You know, you're not even there. Right. I believed him. I thought that you know that is a Kyrie thing to do, and that's kind of why I believe like. I believe he'll sit out. I believe he'd retire. I, I believe he'd take a year off. I believe a lot. I, I believe he would do a lot of things for his causes because he's that kind of person. He is a, a, a leader. It, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a follower, but he, he's a leader. That's he's the voice of the voiceless for sure. And, 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 you know, the second point to the whole, like, he's very cryptic and he wants you to kind of fall for these traps. He, he's constantly like, trapping people by not giving out, you know, all this information himself because he wants you to be like, no, you, you're like, you're this, you're that, you're bad, you're, no, you know, you're selfish, all this bullshit. Uh, he wants you to say that because he knows, like, all the good stuff he's, he's, he's doing is behind the scenes, which I don't like that he has to be so cryptic because it's like, just, you know, like, just do it, you know, like, yeah, be what you're about. But I also like... On the other hand, I love that he all of his generosity is is behind closed doors because I think that I, I I'm not a big fan of like I look at what I did I donated right, doing this. Look, doing things for clout that's that's not you've lost the entire point and so like my favorite part about Kyrie is like he bought George Floyd's parents a house he's paid for students college tuitions he's he's bought Thanksgiving meals but he's, he's bought not Christmas presents to it and he's but but because he wants you to judge him as the bad guy when really he's like look what I've been doing beyond that's the kind of you know and we always talk about like you you've lost as soon as you try to figure Kyrie Irving out like yeah. you've already <laughs> lost like you want to talk about Kyrie Irving one of these days when you run him back he's in some way he's probably gonna make you look silly that's just that's just like who he is um so I I think that this is I think that the Philadelphia trade for Ben Simmons would like fix a lot of different things. Um, a, it would be good for the Nets. B, it would be good for Ben Simmons. I think it's good for C, both teams. C, it would be dope for this. But if he's not going to play, right, exactly. That's if where they, it, if they get an Andrew Bynum situation. Well, and I think that's what they could possibly be getting with Ben Simmons coming back right now. Which you know, that's why I think you got to take the risk. You know, uh, maybe maybe Kyrie has a change of heart. Maybe but you does could sell Brooklyn it on want him. Ben Simmons? Is the question? They might not, but they but they also like. I just think that there are two teams that are stuck with these these very valuable pieces that nobody can can give you fair value for. Um, but man, Kyrie could really sit out this year. I really think that there's a good chance. Honestly, maybe even like a better chance he sits out than he plays. Because be it's going to be hard not to see him. It's it's hard to think he's not going to play for the Nets. And it's easy to see this guy walking away to to prove a point because that's the person he is. Um, and it's one of the more admirable traits of him. I think he is what he's about. You know, uh, I, I like that he, sta he stands his ground and stuff. Now, I've been critical of Kyrie mo plenty of times. Oh, we and both I, have. And, and, I've, and I've, you know, applauded him at times. So... I think right now he's doing what he thinks he should do, which is the right thing. You know, he he's got every right, just like everybody else. Uh, and, and and that same breath, Brooklyn's doing what they should do, and I think they're making the smart move. And just be like, we can't play patty cake, be in the middle here. We need to need to rock with you or not. You know, are you going to do this? It's it's up to you. 
whatever you're going to do. And then, you know, they get their answer. Okay, so we got to move on. Now, do you think, now let's say this trade doesn't happen. Ben Simmons stays in Philly. Kyrie. Which, I mean, it's likely not going to happen. Right. I'm just saying, like, doesn't has it not just been laid out? Exactly. But can the Nets still be considered the favorite in the East yeah, without I, Kyrie? Yeah. They, they, I mean, they honestly get better in categories they need to get better at. And the categories where they get worse at, like outside shooting and scoring, it's they have KD, Harden, they have a Joe Harris. You know what I mean? They have talent. I just on the think perimeter. in a, I think in a seven game series, he's, Milwaukee he's, could still beat them. He's the perfect. I f- I feel like a, if they're, if it's not Kyrie, because Kyrie Harden KD is just OD. It's fucking. It's, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but if you're not gonna get, you don't have to get an offensive superstar like to pair with Harden and KD. You can get a superstar like a Middleton, like like a uh, like a Ben Simmons. You know, somebody that's not necessarily, like, scoring-focused, you could bring him in and play with those Nets guys because that's not what they need. They need everything else. Yeah. He could be a ball handler that set Harden KD up. He's going to be a defensive player on the best on the best forward well, on without, the team. Well, without Kyrie, I think Harden automatically becomes the primary ball handler for the Nets. Which is perfect. I mean, so then, like, Ben Simmons is a but secondary ball what do you do on defense? Handler. What do you mean? What do you, ben, what do you, I think Ben Simmons plays... No, I'm not saying. I'm. I'm saying forget Ben. No, no Ben Simmons trade. Yeah, I'm saying without Kyrie, James yeah. Harden now becomes the. Oh yeah, the primary well he already member. was with Kyrie. No, I know, but James Harden, I don't think can keep up with the point guards in the West on defense. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They can't. They can't hold his jock strap. I mean, yeah, sure. He, he. Yeah, sure. He's not an elite defender. He's gonna give up. He's gonna give it up. But he's. You're gonna get so much more on the other end. He's elite. He's been doing this forever. It wasn't a problem all these other years. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just I think Kyrie gives them such a different dynamic as a team. And, and Kyrie is not, you know, some Kobe stopper on defense. You know no. what I mean? It, it's, it's, I, I don't think that that defensive stuff, those defensive concerns with Brooklyn is not a concern to me because they're so good on offense. I, I truly believe that they would have. But how they, has that worked out for Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni in the past? I mean, in last year and Steve Nash's only year, they, they were they were hurt. I mean, it wasn't well, yeah, the full exactly. team. James Harden, I think Kyrie that, I Irving, think that, and KD have only played like seventeen games yeah, together. I think, I think they win it all if that three is together. They're the favorites. Well, I, I don't mean, care, especially with the way the Lakers. I don't got care hurt if Dan Tony's an. Uh, I don't care if Dan Tony's an assistant coach. Steve Nash is a different person. He's learned. He's a. Di- he has. A, he's a different mind. He he ha- he's like, I mean, he's, it's got to be better than Dan Tony's mind. He has Dan Tony's system in his head and then everything else he's ever learned in basketball and i mean yeah. steve nash gritted his way into the nba he was not supposed to make it yeah he got drafted to a team with kevin johnson and jason kidd no i know it's just it's i i'm still skeptical about it i'm still skeptical about well the i mean he's a second year head coach he, he he hasn't done anything yet really i mean he took him to the took him to the eastern conference playoffs won a series Lost to lost to the you know eventual, the eventual champs. champs in a in a series where they were pretty banged up, so I think he's done a good job uh, all considering, and I think he's a pro- progressive coach. He's tried a ton of different lineups. So uh, I, I'm not worried about the Nets. They're still the favorite in the East, even even without Kyrie. Uh, if KD and James Harden and the rest of that team is healthy, the, the that team's too tough. 
All right, we'll see. I mean, with the NBA season, it's less than a week away. The Lakers it's tip off upon us. Tuesday next week. So we we will definitely have a full recap of how the Lakers and Warriors did on opening night next week uh, on the show. Uh, you got anything else before we get out of here, Tyler? Uh, Kraken. Shout out to Seattle Kraken. We got another sports team. Uh, they had their first inaugural hockey game last night, first game ever. Uh, played Vegas, who was just a, an expansion team just five years ago. Unfortunately, we lost four to three. Oh. But it's dope to see. Uh, it's dope to see uh, a Seattle pro team out there in the NHL. Uh, it's it's finally like a it's a doorway for me to get interested into the sport. Uh, I think it's a really fun sport to watch live. It's it, there's a ton of action. Very fast pace. Very fast pace. Um, so. You know, this I'm excited to to follow the NHL for the first time in my life, uh, and the Kraken are the reason why. And damn, the unis are fresh. <laughs> and and I, did you see the did you see the ice? Um, yeah, how Vegas did the pregame. Holy shit, man! Yeah, I dude. mean, just we're gonna it's gonna be dope. I mean, we're a flossy team. Seattle, in general, has cool colors, jerseys. Oh, mascots. and you know they're gonna have all the tech at the stadium. You know we've, you know the the Mariners got fresh unis. The Seahawks, I, I love the Seahawks colors. I think we've got some of the most unique colors in sports. Well, they're uh, all pretty similar colors. All the teams. Yeah, I mean you got to go with you got to go with greens and blues when you're when when you're from Seattle. You know? Yeah. But another dope team to add to the list. Throw the Sounders and the Storm in there, and we're only missing we're only missing them boys. We need that basketball team now. We've we've filled out all pro sports. I and think it's coming soon. Fuck. I've been hearing that for too long, my man. Over 10 years. Sorry, man. I just had to say it. Over 10 years. I, I can remember telling people that it would never go more than three years. Like, the NBA could not lose all that money by not having a team in Seattle. And look at them now. Look at them now. The NBA is just struggling because they don't have a <laughs> Seattle team. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out uh, some Lakers. Uh, it's more of a get well soon to THT, Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Malik Monk. Everybody's banged up right now. Uh, THT had surgery on torn ligaments in his thumb. He's going to be reevaluated in a month. Wayne Ellington has a grade one groin sprain, and it looks like he might miss some time to start the season. Kendrick Nunn sprained his ankle. Malik Monk has a groin sprain as well, but they might be able to play opening night. It looks like Kent Bazemore is going to be the starting two guard. And rookie Austin Reeves could find some minutes in the rotation because of injuries. Did you hear what uh, Austin Reeves' nickname is? No. Hillbilly Kobe. They call him HBK. Oh, God. <laughs> That's disrespectful to Hillbillies and Kobe. No, I love it. He's a sniper out there. He's a shooter, man. Yeah. He's looking no, good. No, no. I mean, he, those kind of those kind of kids that earn their spots coming in with those. I mean, that was like a Kuzma, you know, like. Kuzma really, I hate to com make the comparison, but it, it's more Caruso right now. Well, but but the, the same same, you know, like carrying that off season success, which it's really hard to do. I mean, summer league, you no, get a Kuzma very, won a summer league MVP. You get a little bit of action in the summer league. You get a little bit of you know, like a little piece of the you know, the, and then the preseason isn't much either. So like, if you can show out and bring that momentum into the regular season, that's like. That's a huge advantage coming into a season as a guy that wasn't necessarily supposed to make it uh, to have some to have some uh, momentum similar to Kuzma and Caruso and and now Reeves like uh, uh, that's a good thing he can he can find himself being a role player 
the Lakers, which is just like I don't think he ever thought that that was a possibility. Teammates with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Spot up shooting. And spe- speaking of that trio, they they made their debut last night in, in the preseason game for the Lakers. They the Lakers haven't won a single preseason game. I haven't really been paying attention because it's preseason basketball, and you can't really take anything from it, especially when they're not playing guys every no, night. They're and, more. It's more like just full. You know, it's full speed reps. I've always I've always described preseason as like an under an undefeated preseason is like a good preseason, and and in a, a zero win preseason is not a bad preseason. I like it. You know, you could lose every game in the pre- who cares? But if you win every game, that's a good thing. So yeah. I think it's just it's full speed reps to get every team to figure out where they're at. Definitely. It doesn't really indicate anything. Definitely. So all right, NBA season is upon us. We're in the thick of the NFL season. We're in the thick of the MLB postseason. It's it's the best time in sports right now. It's October. It, it couldn't be better. OVO, baby. Libra season. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, with that, that wraps up episode 215 of the TSK Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Peace.